Welcome to the Student Mystery Podcast by Lifeway. I'm Ben Trueblood with the one, the only producer Nathan. What's up? In the studio, I can see you, not just the virtual studio. We're yeah, real which is a table. couple in a row. I know. We're getting, amazing. we're getting spoiled. We're getting good at this. <laughs> well, how, many, not, how many years? How many? 300 something episodes? 300 something episodes. And we're, uh, but it's been for three years that for we've sure. been mostly not in studio yeah. together. So we used to is, always be in the studio together. That's right. Yeah. You even turned like one of your bedrooms into a studio. Yeah, it is uh, still. (laughs) We've used it like twice. Yeah, twice. And then here we are. I'm glad I didn't order furniture now. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, But we could have maybe reimbursed part of it. Oh, well. I don't know. Let me order real fast. (laughs) Let me get Ikea Uh, on the phone. Just kidding. kidding. We have with us today a couple of Ikea fans. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't, I actually don't think it's true. Well, for me, I'm fully Swedish. So, yes. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> well, most of my family, yeah. Okay. Well, this is something we can talk about. Uh, your Swedish strong. heritage. This <laughs> yes. is fantastic. My dad would be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> is he like. My dad stop. is full Swedish, and then my mom, I think, is half. So, I'm like 75. Okay. Have wow. you ever done. So, let me pause before we're going to introduce people. I'm super excited <laughs> about today's episode. Uh, with us are Amanda. Hello. And Corinne. Hey. And so this is, they are the hosts of a brand new podcast that's yes. going to be coming out in yes. September. You guys launch in September. We launch yeah. in September. Oh, man. Just I know. A couple weeks away. This, this is really so, happening. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. It is on the way. Yeah. This, there's no going back now. And the podcast is called His Glory and Her Good. Yep. yep. There's not an and in there. No. I threw that. It's, it's okay. His Glory, Her Good. Yep. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about, we're going to come back to the Swedish thing it, very soon, but <laughs> uh, tell us about the podcast. Uh, Amanda, just f- full disclosure, Amanda serves on our team here at Lifeway. She's been on the podcast before, leads all things girls ministry and women who lead in student ministry. She's the point person on our team for all of those kinds of things. So, but tell us about the genesis of the podcast, what it's going to be about. I'm super excited for you guys. Yeah, no, thanks. So um, it's kind of a funny story because if you look back probably seven or eight months ago, well, I guess Corinne and I have been friends for a few years now. We serve together um, at our church um, and by we serve together, I serve under her. She is my residential girls minister. Yeah, so Corinne serves on staff at Long Hollow here yep. in the Nashville area. And yep. how long have you been on staff there? I've been on staff almost two years. Okay. Yep. And husband also. Yes. So he's been on staff. Oh gosh, um, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there's some dynamic there we could get into. Oh, Oh, definitely. (laughs) We're already planning a husband's tell all um, podcast because I I feel like um, there we could our audience could learn a lot just from listening to our husbands talk about us. So, so leading girls ministry in the local church, Mm -hmm. leading girls ministry for Lifeway and has served in local churches with girls ministry. So this is, and you guys are friends. So that's helpful. (laughs) We like each other. Something like this. Yeah. Uh, So talk about again, like how the podcast came to be and where 
you hope to go with it. Totally. So um, um, because we're friends and because Corinne is a wonderful friend on my birthday this past year, so back in February, February 18th, if you want to mark your calendar, <laughs> um, Corinne picked me up that night and we went and like did normal friend things and went to Target and got ice cream. And we were hanging out that night and just having a lot of like meaningful conversations. And um, our hearts are very much for the local church and for the local like church leader, specifically women in student ministry. Um, both being that I've served on staff um, and as a woman in student ministry, and she currently is. And so just having a lot of conversations about that. And anyway, we meaningful conversations and I'm like, okay, I need, probably need to go back inside now. And so I like, get out of my car. I was like, let me know when you want to start a podcast. And I like slam the door, you know? <laughs> and uh, So anyway, but as the months have gone on, we have at Lifeway have talked about just the need for a place for women in student ministry, uh, girls ministry leaders to be able to come to, to find encouragement, to find training, to find people that say, hey, I see you. I know what you're walking through. And I not that I, we're experts by any means, but we want to walk with you through it. Yeah. And so um, when the idea came, I think me and you, Ben, were talking about like, what could this look like? I said, can Corinne do it with me? Uh, <laughs> at first I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was like Corinne uh, being a friend, being someone who's right there walking in it, not just somebody that's out of yeah. out of it, but like in it. And I get to serve, you know, as a volunteer in her ministry. So it's kind of been fun. Um to do ministry together, to be friends, and now to get to do this podcast. Yeah. So when you when it became more than a <laughs> passing statement as she closed the car door. What what were your thoughts, Corinne, when you when it would be when it became a real idea? I keep saying like I can't believe this is really happening because it was like okay this might be a thing I talked to Ben and then it was it's happening but probably like next year and then it was it's happening in two months let's get ready so I was like oh my gosh so it's been really fun and I think too I've just said like it's almost like God's letting us walk in some things that we would have dreamed about but may not have even had the words for of like mm -hmm. oh wow to be able to equip and encourage and just walk alongside people um, in a way that I didn't even know like I get a lot of life doing mm -hmm. but didn't even think like this would be a reality so I think even like with our heart for it is we like Amanda said we're not experts I mean I've like still new into ministry in some ways, but also through the seasons of feeling called to ministry as a student, being impacted by student leaders and now getting to be someone in that space. I think the biggest thing is God has already given us this calling. And so when we look to Jesus and we walk with him, then we can navigate some of the messier parts, but we want to have conversations. We want everything's nothing's like off the table. Nothing's off limits because there's really awesome things about ministry and there's really hard and painful things. And you're a human trying to navigate it all. And yeah. so I think it's exciting to have a place that I hope it's like, that was really encouraging and helpful, but not like, oh, wow, that was really extremely hard and felt like school to listen to, but totally. that you leave encouraged and like, okay, I'm not the only one and mm -hmm. let's keep going and running on mission. This is an extremely important thing to me as the leader of Lifeway students and to what we offer from Lifeway students yeah. to be a support and encouragement for women who are leading in student ministry. Nathan, mm -hmm. when we've been on the road uh, at Essentials, yeah. we have seen more and more, and Amanda, you and I have talked about this too. We've seen more and more women who are leading in student ministry show up to our training events yeah. and the various things that we do. 
And this has kind of morphed over the years, right? Like for a little while, we saw an increase in girls ministry people. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I am on staff, a woman leading girls ministry. And then now we've seen over the last several years, and I mentioned essentials because we've seen it in person. Yep. It's not just that role. Right. It is, it's now associate youth pastor mm-hmm. or whatever title you want to put on it, mm-hmm. youth minister, director. But the woman on staff is not just kind of, I'm going to say it this way. I hope yeah. I don't get in trouble with, I hope girls ministry people don't start like tweeting at me angrily. I don't think we're on Twitter. I say <laughs> off Twitter. <laughs> Where it's not like, okay, go sit over here and play in your girls ministry sandbox. Mm-hmm. But it's recognizing there are so many more gifts. Yes, that. Yes, let's minister specifically to girls in the ministry, but also all of these other responsibilities yeah. related mm-hmm. to student ministry. We've yeah. seen it kind of morph into not just that, not yep. just girls ministry, but you are a youth minister on our team mm-hmm. doing these things yeah. who also speaks into. We, we've seen that over and over and yeah. over at Essentials. Amanda, you and I have talked about that. Yeah. I think that's a good thing, a healthy thing. And so for you guys who are who are in it, yeah, to be able to speak to that specifically is a huge thing because mm-hmm. I'm I've never been in that situation. And I know that there are some unique challenges that go along with I feel called to ministry as a woman, what do I do? Totally. Yeah. I think um, the trend that I, I'm watching right now, first of all, girls ministers have never just done girls ministry. Um, yes. Right. But right. <laughs> but they have uh, they have that maybe that's the title or the box or the parameters yes. put around their title. Um, but now I do think that churches across the um, everywhere are seeing the value that women bring to student ministry that it's not just like hey you're only good for discipling teen girls but you bring so much and you offer so much to our team let's come alongside you and so i think that's why we're seeing less of girls minister titles um not because they see the less value of girls ministry they're just saying oh wait you do more than just disciple teen girls yes and all the other things yes exactly i think that's what i think that's a better way to state it is that because I know on staffs that I have led in the church, our girls ministry leaders definitely did more than just for sure than just girls ministry. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really cool, and I think that this allows um, women who maybe are an admin uh, in their student ministry to feel like, hey, I have a place, and my role is more than just like Excel sheets. But yeah. um, what what is God using in my you know in my job to minister to these teen girls and even teen guys yeah. um, in my role. You know, we had uh, our admin in Virginia. I always felt did such a great job, like admin wise, yes. But she was always somebody who girls would come and sit down in always. her office. And like she was discipling, mm-hmm. maybe not meeting with a small group like every Thursday afternoon for coffee right. or whatever. But she was invested in the ministry in a way that went far beyond administrative tasks, Absolutely. though those are also very important and have yeah, to be done. Totally. Definitely. And I think we see, the Bible makes it really clear that the healthiest church is one where brothers and sisters are participating in the kingdom together. And so we see that on student ministry staffs that say, hey, like 
as a woman, I have a lot to learn from male perspective and I want to value that and cooperate and collaborate. But at the same time, I hope for the same in return that men on staff would say, but you also represent probably more than half the population of our student ministry. Mm -hmm. So we need both perspectives. And so it's not hopefully at odds of trying to fight for different perspectives to be mm -hmm. heard, but actually how can we take both sides or perspectives and all the range of backgrounds and different contexts to say, like, how can we actually come together as the body and work together as brothers and sisters? And that's like where the beauty, I think, comes in. Yeah. Really. Corinne, I'll start with you on this one. What were some of the things that when you started feeling God's call to ministry in your life, like what were some of the wrestles that you that you had in that? So I was in middle school at camp and okay. they actually gave an invitation. And I remember like no one really got up. And at first I was definitely a kid that was like, I don't want people to be like, oh gosh, why did she walk down the aisle? <laughs> but I remember, I don't remember a lot about the moment except for I got to the back and asked, am I allowed to be back here? Because it wasn't like a super clear invitation and it wasn't like women, girls, you can't. Right. But there was a part of me that was like, I kind of heard the options of pastor and missionary, and I'm not sure that I fall into like mm -hmm. those specific categories, but I think I fall somewhere. And for me, I started walking with the Lord at a really young age, had always been really curious and loved learning and loved people. And so I ended up talking with an adult that night of, I'm not exactly sure what title this would like fall yeah. under, but I really feel called and I get life from serving people. And I want to like love people and point them to Jesus for the rest of my life. And it's funny how I then went to college and picked a major and totally strayed from that because it got uncomfortable. And it was like, mm -hmm. well, what are you going to like do to make money? You're like, that's a cute yeah. thought. Um, or are you going to marry a pastor? Which ironically I did, but I was like, absolutely not. Like I'm going to marry someone else <laughs> like outside of the church and he's going to support me and I'm going to like yeah, do ministry. That's right. God answered in such better ways and his plans are always better, but I didn't meet my husband and then have a call to ministry. Like I had a call to ministry very separate. Mm. Um, and I think some of the wrestling was, I don't know my place. And yeah. I know what I've been told, like I'm good at, I sang at church or I did well in school, but like even those things, like I enjoy them, but this doesn't like get at the deeper thing of like knowing people's stories, caring for them, walking alongside them. And so I think some of the wrestling was thankfully I had a, dad and mom, but specifically a man in my life who saw that in me and encouraged me to be faithful to whatever the Lord called me to. We are a family that the Lord always took care of us, but we didn't have like a ton of money. And so my parents were great examples of stepping out in faith and mm -hmm. trusting the Lord and being faithful. And so I definitely had that as my upbringing. I think it's easy to lose sight of moments like that, where that original call to ministry but I finally changed my major and ended up kind of going in a non-traditional route of preparing for ministry. But for me, it was the best fit to like get the skills in teaching, communicating. And then I took some Christian studies classes in addition to start getting some of that. But I was serving in the church. And so the only job I've held outside of babysitting and nannying is interning in different student ministries or in college ministry. Yeah. What do you think, like, as you guys have conversations with women who are leading in student ministry, where do you see, like, do they struggle with that? Where do I fit? Like, where does my calling, like, I'm str I struggle to put a title on my calling. 
that you articulated? Is that something that you guys see other people kind of wrestling with? I think so, because there's part of it is it feels like there's unspoken rules of what these titles can look like. And so mm-hmm. I think, too, for me, it was like, I don't really care what it's called, but I know like what it feels like and I know what yeah. it looks like. like. Well, and there are other people trying to define them all the time. Yeah. Too. And I'm yeah. not even really interested in that because I think we can also idolize a title so much and find way too much meaning in yeah. that. But I just even going back to the resurrection and Jesus commissioning Mary to like go and tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. Like I find a lot of like joy in that. That it feels like an pretty a pretty important. Task. I think so. I think we yeah. can actually look to that and go. Okay, well, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then I think he's also commissioning us to go and tell. And so less about the title, but I think there are times where I talk to women who want to serve God faithfully. They don't want to ruffle feathers, but where do I fit in this? Land, yeah. And also, I don't want people to think I'm trying to prove a point or cause a scene. I just want to serve. But then if there's not a place on staff, what do I do? Do I get a job and then serve faithfully, but I also run the risk of burnout and overextending myself Mm -hmm. when I know like I'm at work wishing I was there. And some people feel fully called to work a traditional nine to five job and then serve faithfully. And there are times I'm like, I hope I would do the same thing. Like if I was in your shoes, um, But I think it's that deep desire of I know that I get a lot of life when I'm seeing girls and other women make connections, see Jesus, encounter him and walk and go even deeper in the relationship. And I want more of that. Yeah. So how can I get more? So for some, they start leading life groups or they start some intern, some volunteer, and then some pray for opportunities, I think, to be hired. And you kind of take whatever gets offered. Yeah. That's really good. I feel like um, I see more of like the struggle with I don't fit the mold um, of, you know, I have these giftings. You have some girls who are like, I really like to teach, but I'm not at a church that lets me teach or I'm a girl and I actually hate event planning, but I'm expected to plan six events a year. Uh, I'd rather just be like sitting with girls over coffee. (laughs) And so finding that like and I think it's just because we've we've put girls ministry, girls minister, women in student ministry, maybe like in a box and and said like this has to be, you know, in these parameters or else it's could get a little, you know, we're not really, we don't want to overstep kind of thing. And in reality, what we, what we want to be doing through this podcast is encouraging women like, no, the Lord has called you and he has equipped you, then you can walk faithfully knowing that it truly is for his glory and for his good. And I think that's really what it gets at um, the heart of our podcast is um, everything that you do is ultimately not about the title. It's not about the people around them or what people say they can or can't do or what they should be doing. If they're being obedient to what the Lord has called them to do, they're making disciples um, like that's that's the goal. And so so you guys mentioned too, like there's going to be like a practical side of this. And what I would say to if if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, hey, I'm a male. I, I would like to say to you, like, don't write off. Yeah. This podcast right away, either this episode or what you guys are launching, because with more understanding of how to live in this space comes more understanding with you as a male youth pastor 
to be able to help girls in your ministry yep. walk through callings that they might be experiencing. Yeah, to have those kinds of conversations, because chances are there probably are women in your student ministry, young ladies in your student ministry who are wrestling with something like this and having the two of you talking about something like this every single week or you're going to release in seasons. So however that yeah. works out, but having another resource for me as a male to say, okay, mm -hmm. this is putting tools in my tool belt to be able to disciple well and walk with girls who, who might be struggling with a call to ministry or asking what's next or saying, Hey, I feel these things. I don't quite know how to put it into action. This gives them, this gives them things to know and talk about. Yeah. Cause I think the thing is we, if you're a student pastor and you're a male serving in that space, you've been called to shepherd the congregation of all of your students, yeah. which is probably more than 50% female. And so I understand that there is wisdom and boundaries in knowing your limit to how you minister to girls. Yeah. But I think we've seen in the past where then it kind of gets written off. as like, oh, okay, well then we'll just like not do anything to be safe. But my encouragement and my hope is that Honestly, a lot of men would listen to this podcast because you probably have some moms and leaders that are sitting at life groups that know about what's going on in these girls' lives, that if you can continue to encourage and equip them, you are then shepherding those girls in your ministry, yeah. but by connecting them with other women that you may never have the church budget to hire someone full-time. And I get that that's not everyone's context and that's okay. But I think there's a lot more ways we can engage women into student ministry, but maybe you just haven't known how or what that would even look like or yeah. how to yeah. do it in a volunteer way. And so our hope is to have conversations that are not like, come on, get this going. But actually like, I bet you haven't known how to do this. And so could we just help like have some conversations about go find one or two key women that are passionate about serving students mm -hmm. and equip them and maybe give them, give away some of the ministry to let them kind of help speak into what your ministry needs to look like. That's good student pastor like move. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I've heard you say similar things about your book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to author. Man. Uh, so you wrote, this is girls ministry. And it like a piece of that is what Corinne just articulated is like, Hey, you can start this. Like yeah. you can do it. You can find some volunteers to begin. If yeah. you are in relationship with mm -hmm. girls that are teenagers, you're involved. You're in a girls minister. minister. Yeah. You are a <laughs> girls minister. minister. Yeah. This so so uh, some of you just now gained the title of girls minister. You're listening to this and you're like not students. another job. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're now a girls minister as well. Um, so that's good. And so like me as a dad. Yeah. I am. I am a girls minister. You we are. need to do a campaign that's like a hashtag. I am a girls minister. I think it would and be awesome. We can do that. So one of the things, Corinne, that you mentioned, I mean, I, I want you to weigh in on this. Okay. Uh, and I think this is honestly, I think you named one of the problems and it operates out of fear mm -hmm. that limits and boundaries for myself as a man in interactions that I have with young ladies in my student ministry. I'm putting myself in a like as a student pastor. Yeah. I think like that starts as a really good and thoughtful motivation. Yep. And then I think many people can't figure out how to balance that and so end up doing nothing. Yeah. How would you help? So like if somebody's like, man, I, I agree. 
I want to be involved in discipleship more than the message I preach on Wednesday nights. Totally. But I also am so fearful that I, I hold these boundaries. And so I end up, I can't find the balance and I just do, I just do nothing. No. How do you, how do you counsel on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like any student pastor that's even having that conversation of like, I'm not doing anything. Like it's such a like, um, like I see his heart and I like want to thank him for even being willing to have this conversation and listen um, because it's it's not a common conversation yet. And we, we want to change the narrative that it doesn't have to be scary or exhausting. I think that's really where it comes to is like, I don't I have enough on my plate. I don't want to add girls discipleship to my to do list every sure. day. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, with this podcast, what I kind of wrote in my book, too, is just like girls ministry should always be a freeing thing. Like God's call in our life should never feel burdensome. So to make disciples, which includes teen girls, should not be a burden. And so I'm hoping like with this podcast, specifically when we are talking to student pastors, um, are we talking about issues that deal with teen girls or how to build leaders? Like these are great topics for student pastors to be bought into. I mean, girls ministry leaders all the time are asking, okay, I have a girl that's struggling with an eating disorder or she's struggling with depression or her parents aren't coming to church. And so she's like trying to figure out how do I share the gospel with mom and dad? Um, Like these are discipleship topics that are not necessarily just for girls, but they're often, these are pretty girl focused topics. Mm. And so what we want to do is invite them into these conversations, have these conversations, and then um, finding those women in your ministry where you can link arms with and partner together and say like, I I don't know how to do this by myself. Like I need help. And there's moms that are usually willing to step up. Maybe some moms that are a little over eager to step up. Yeah. You need to maybe find uh, the right one. Um, you know, I know some student pastors whose wives are like all in and other student pastors is like, I actually don't like teenagers and that's okay. Uh, And that is actually totally great. Yeah. Yeah. And man, we run into so many issues when we talk to youth pastors' wives who Mm -hmm. feel like, well, I'm married to the youth pastor. That means I have to, I don't want to be involved here, but the expectation from the church is that I am. Gosh, it causes so many problems. So unhealthy on so many levels. Yeah. It's not a two-for-one deal. Right, exactly. (laughs) But it feels like that. You know what, like, really bothers me? Tell us. I So I get why pastors say this sometimes. It's tongue-in-cheek. It's funny. Like, I'm going to be playful. But when the phrase is, this is our new pastor on staff— and we hired them, but boy, we really lucked out because this is their wife. Yeah. Or like, but the real star of the show is uh-huh. whoever. <laughs> now thinking about how many times that's been said. <laughs> I, I hate it so much yeah. because it's like, okay, I get it. You're trying to be funny and trying to be lighthearted and you're trying to like compliment the spouse yes. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But you're demeaning the the... The man a little bit. 100%. And you're immediately on the first Sunday placing a burden of expectation. On someone you're not paying. Correct. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Yes. On someone who may not even be called to serve in student ministry in any way. Right. So it's like, hey, we're going to make fun of you a little bit and we're going to place this giant burden of expectation on you. And welcome to our... I know. Welcome to our church. I don't think they mean it that way. No, yeah. I, no one who's ever said that has meant it that way sure. as far as I know. Mm-hmm. But if we're out here educating, yes, then right. please don't say that. No. Yeah. Please. It's so no. real. 
So back to like the just the encouraging those student pastors who are like, okay, it's not my wife's job. It's not, you know, I want to do better at this. Like you have to start small. So this is not like go and plan a girls ministry or girls ministry retreat. Um, but how, do you know the girls names in your ministry? Um, do you know their stories? Do you know what's going on with their families? Do you know how they're interacting with their small group leaders? I came into a church situation a couple years ago where um, these girls we're having a really hard time with their small group leader and no one knew. Mm. And um, like if only the student pastor had just been aware of the fact that they were wrestling with this, then maybe we could have found them a better leader that could have been better at discipling them. And so all those things are things that you can do. With appropriate boundaries, you just named four or five things that can be done, Yes, quote, safely, which is important. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's not this like, I think we get really scared and overwhelmed when we think I have to do girls ministry too. And it's like, it's just like loving and valuing these girls as they are, as daughters in Christ, as girls, as part of your student body Um, and it it doesn't have to be these like okay well I can't meet with a girl for coffee so I guess I can't do girls ministry Mm -hmm. it's like no you're doing girls ministry every time you interact with her every Mm -hmm. time you plan an event every time you plan your sermon like you have to like reframe your thinking of like there's girls in my audience too there's girls that I'm reaching to how am I not thinking? And that's when you have to call on other women um, that are willing to step up in these conversations. Um, moms, even asking teen girls to speak into it, they'll tell you very honestly what they think. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, they will. I, you know, I'm, I'm probably glad I can't remember all of the messages that I've I preached I mean, like when you were in our student ministry, I know. Amanda, like I'm I'm kind of glad I don't remember because if I go back and think about it, like the gut level honesty mm-hmm. is there. There were not like I didn't sit with my message and say, OK, how is this going to land on the girls? Right. Yeah. I didn't think about that as far as the guys either. Yeah. Right. I wasn't getting to that granular level of preparation. I was preparing a message that I felt like God wanted me to share. But the extra step of Mm -hmm. how are the girls in this audience going to receive this, this Mm -hmm. illustration, these points, it just wasn't. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Still learned a lot, I guess. It just wasn't there. And I think like what you're saying is so important. Mm -hmm. Like that, that extra step is doing this yeah. like by stopping and saying, okay, let me run through my message a couple more times through the filter of there's going to be young women in this, Mm -hmm. in this room, hearing this too is an important step. Mm -hmm. But Nathan, one of the things that we talk about on the podcast a good bit is knowing what things you can coach on. Yep. Like when to be a coach and when to be a connector. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly there are things in this conversation Mm -hmm. that, as a male leader, you just can't coach on. Right. I don't want to start listing those things, but <laughs> right. certainly there are there are things that I am not equipped to coach a teenage girl on. Even in my own home, like there are things <laughs> right. that Kristen has experienced yeah. that will be more beneficial as a coach to my daughters <laughs> than I will be. Yep. Yeah. Same in student ministry. So I... At those, I need to know when to pick my places to coach 
and when to pick my places to connect yes. with yeah. other women in the church. That's so good. Which means I actually have to like know the women in the church who have a heart mm-hmm. for this. Mm-hmm. You can get you can get above your waiters really quickly <laughs> if, Never if, you, if, you try, if you try to coach where you need to be connecting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to remember. And I think if one of the first steps to that is to just be honest with yourself and realize that you can't be the only person that connects with every single student in your ministry. Yep. We're just not designed that way. Yeah. We can connect in different ways, but you've got to be, if like if our true heart and passion is for those students to know Christ more, then we need to be able to be connectors and not just try to coach everybody. Yeah. There's a reason why there's not just, oh, I'm sorry. I'm about to use a sports analogy here. (laughs) That may not. Anyway, but there's a reason why there's not just, there's more than one coach on a team, no matter what sport it is or whatever context it is. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it, because people have specialties and I think we need to think about it and be honest with ourselves of like, man, I can't be the person. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking it has to be me for every single student, like that's just you're just going to burn yourself out. Now, that's not going to go that far. Even in a small church setting. Right? Yeah, absolutely. There are people yeah. listen to this that are like, well, I'm at a church where the size like I actually can right now. Yeah. Right. Well, my advice would still be not to right. because we know from research that one of the key factors of lifelong faith is multiple spiritual yep. mentors over the course of yep. someone's teenage years. Absolutely. Yep. And so even if you're in a small church setting and you could coach everybody, right. it's still not the wisest thing right. to try to do. It, it might not be the most effective. People receive information. The thing about being a good communicator is not just are you able to like physically like say the words but how is it received good communicators care about how their information is received and realize that may be different in a room of 10 people you need to connect on different levels i think the same thing is true in student ministry is how is how are those students being discipled and and you might not be the best person that actually helps them connect and walk through what they're going through and so to connect them with other people in ministry other men other women whatever that looks like to really kind of you know, for that student to really understand and grasp, you know, what God is doing in their lives and wants to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think healthy ministry is when we're replaceable. I remember my college pastor would say that and I was like, oh, I hate that. Like, no, <laughs> because I want to know that I had value or that I made a difference. And I think that that desire, like we should want to like honor the Lord and yes, impact people by pointing them to Jesus. But if God calls you to the next church and all of your students' discipleship hinged on your ministry, you've left them sinking. Yeah. And that's actually yeah. a terrible way to care for people. And so I think, again, it's not from the hope of I would really like to disciple all my students so that when I move or if the Lord were to call me home, like I have left them all stranded. Like that's mm-hmm. not anyone's intent. But I think we have to know that like we have value from the Lord no matter what we do or produce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we need to model what the church has been all along and say, we're going to come together and yeah. serve. We're going to develop more leaders because they need a variety of voices, but also because the greatest gift we can give to our ministries is a network of people who are serving so that as people change and move, yeah. the ministry continues to flourish. Yeah. And I would say too, think about it from, I think if we all looked at our lives and our process of discipleship growing in ministry, it's, but I think it's because people gave us opportunities. I know in my life, for sure it is, right? People gave me opportunities to step out, gave me opportunities to lead, gave me opportunities to grow. And if we don't do that, we're almost <laughs> taking away some aspects of discipleship for those other people in our church that I think can really be, like like you're talking about, we're leaving everybody kind of high and dry, right, at the, at the end. And so what are the ways that we can even help disciple 
other men and women who are the adults that need those chances to, to dive in and grow. Yep. And that will honestly will help them in their walk with Christ as yep. well grow deeper. Yeah. Corinne, you said there in the understanding of our value not coming from the things that we do or produce. Yeah. Like if we're real honest, if it listeners to this podcast, uh, some of you stayed till the end uh, to this point well to, hear, done. to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Like your value as a youth ministry leader and regardless of what position you serve on the team, your value doesn't come from what you do or produce. Uh, yeah. Some of you need to think about think about that. Like that's something I have. We've talked about <coughs> some of my journey on the podcast before, too. That is something specific that I have dealt with, will continue. I deal with it right now in my role here at Lifeway is my value coming from what I am able to accomplish or produce or make happen. Yeah. And we should want to work hard and we should, you know, we should work as unto the Lord. Yeah. But that's not the value isn't in the work output. And that's, yeah. and thankfully you said that, it is. It's good for me today to hear it, and it's good for some of you to hear today too. All right, we're launching in September. September. Your podcast, His Glory, Her Good. Yeah, I'm pumped. This is going to be awesome. We're so excited. And you're releasing batch uh, seasons all at once, or yeah. is it going to be? So we'll do season one. We'll episodes start September 25th, and we'll do ten episodes for season one. Season two will launch in January, and. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So exciting. All right. We'll continue to say a little bit about it on this podcast so that you know when it happens. Corinne, Amanda, thank you for being thank on you. Thank you for having us. It was super fun. Yeah. yeah we. Uh, it's going to be great. All right. This has been another episode of Student Mystery Podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time, everybody. Bye.